Hello everyone, I'm Simon Ford of Forge Gin. Martinis, gin and tonics, Negronis, great classic cocktails is what I'm about. But I also love to hear of great recipes from great bartenders from around the world, which is why we've partnered with Beyond the Drink for this season. Cheers. Well, you just heard from the man himself, Simon Ford, and this season of Beyond the Drink is presented by Ford's Gin. I'm Cappy, and this is a segment where some of the best bartenders in the country explain the stories and recipes behind their favorite drinks. To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Beyond the Drink is a production of Beyond the Plate. This episode is made possible with the help of our friends at Wickles Pickles. All right, everyone, here's the deal with Wickles. Aside from the fantastic name, Wickles is a family-run business made using a 90-year-old family recipe and packed proudly in Alabama. I always like to mention they have two varieties for all you pickle connoisseurs out there. Both have a custom blend of spices and fresh ingredients. First, they have their original Wicked Brine, which is a little sweet with some heat. And second, they have their Dirty Dill line, which is more of that classic dill flavor. So funny story about Wickles, I was recently in Tulsa, Oklahoma visiting some family and I had to grab a jar of pickles at the store. As I go down the aisle with the pickles, I come across this mom and young daughter looking at all the different jars on the shelf, but it looked like they were looking in the direction of the Wickles jars. So I thought I'd be a little sneaky and give Wickles a plug. Why not? They're a friend of the pod and I love all of their products. But it turned out this mom and daughter kind of fooled me because they were fully up to speed on Wickles and they both turned their head to me and they were like, oh, we know, but you have to get the Wicked Pickle Chips. They're our favorites. It was pretty funny. Anyhow, in today's episode, we have an amazingly talented bartender from Miami. And while he's not necessarily using a pickled ingredient, Let's be real, there's definitely a place in a cocktail for some Wickles deliciousness. Whether it's their new Dirty Dill Cocktail Cornichon or something like their Wicked Okra or Wicked Garden Mix. Anyhow, here's what I also love about Wickles Pickles. Wickles believes in giving back to their community. Through donating food and other resources, they support various organizations, including food banks and community food programs, as well as disaster relief efforts. To learn more about Wickles Pickles and their whole line of products, please visit wicklespickles.com and follow them on social media at Wickles Pickles. Wickles, we thank you. All right, everyone, for this episode, we're talking with Joe Jebeline out of Miami, Florida. You can find him on Instagram at maybe it's Jebeline. That's maybe underscore it's underscore Jebeline, J-E-B-E-L-E-A-N. Joe's gonna walk us through a take on the classic Gin Ricky cocktail. Please enjoy this episode as we go beyond the drink with Joe Jebeline. Mr. Joe, tell us what you have up your sleeve with this cocktail today, sir. What's up, Andrew? And uh, thank you for having me on the show. So yeah, a gin Ricky honestly has been one of my go-to drinks, you know, just in general. I mean, it's one drink that you really can't be mad about because it's just almost, uh, it's three ingredients, about four if you count the ice. So you can go to a sports bar, have a nice gin Ricky. You can go to a fancy bar and have a nice gin Ricky. So that being said, one of uh, it's one of me and my my uh, coworkers' favorite drinks. So we actually call it love juice. Also, a gin ricky. So what's in the traditional? Like what's in a traditional gin ricky? It's it's gin. Your your favorite gin, lime soda, ice. Very simple. Yeah. This drink that I am bringing to you today is called the Ravishing Rick Brew. So right now, I t- we tend to play a lot at work where we're using a lot of what's in season, what's fresh. You know we communicate a lot with our purveyors to find out what's what do they have in stock and it so happens to be that rhubarb is in abundance and 
I wanted to play around with that, so I made this really cool rhubarb Sauvignon Blanc cordial where I took, very simple to make, but I took equal parts rhubarb, weighed it out, cut it up, weighed out the same amount of sugar, and then I let that macerate overnight. And then I, you know, try to blend it as much as I could to dilute some of the sugar. And then I added the same amount of uh, volume of uh, Sauvignon Blanc to this to the cordial. And then by that time, you should all the sugar should dilute, and it really made this really cool, complex cordial where you get this the wine, but you get that sweet tart aspect from the rhubarb. And so I just. Went ahead and uh, got a little lime juice, italicus, bergamot liqueur, some orange bitters, and some topo chico. Awesome. Sounds good. Wait, before you get going, I'm curious, like, what is a core? Explain for someone who isn't in, like, the bartending world, what is a cordial? How would you explain what a cordial is? I mean, a cordial is kind of a general term for basically either basically a syrup or a syrup with some sort of alcohol component. In this case, I added the Samyam Blanc to kind of give it a little bit more depth, but also a little bit more of that booze factor. But yeah, it could essentially be a syrup, or it could be a syrup with some sort of uh, fortified fortified by some sort of liqueur or alcohol. Got it. And if you think you're going to get away with telling us the name of this drink, Ravishing Rick Rube, without explaining how this name came about, you're wrong, Joe. So give it to us. Well, I grew up a huge wrestling fan. So, I mean, a couple of my favorite wrestlers, Macho Man, which I thank you for wearing this shirt today, Bret the Hitman Hard. So I, a big part of cocktails for me and, and uh, of course the creating of you know blending flavors but also creating the name is probably the funnest part for me because you get to play around with uh, some puns and stuff like that so I, went, I was thinking about rube rhubarb rhubarb and i was like thinking ricky ricky now i'm like oh perfect ravishing rick rube and it just all came together one drunk at night after having these cocktails so awesome so cruise us through the uh some of the some of the details here we you said we have so we have the gin we have the rhubarb sauvignon blanc cordial lime juice and i'm super curious about the italicus bergamot liqueur orange bitters soda water right so so yeah so once i created this this syrup and this syrup was honestly kind of the start to figuring out how am i going to turn this into a cocktail and just that sweet tart component was just triggering gin and and like I said, I really love gin ricky, so I started playing around with a variation of the gin ricky. And in this case, in this cocktail, I went with Ford's gin, uh, which is to me one of the most versatile gins you can play with as a bartender. It's actually well, very well balanced in its botanicals. So if you wanted to do a cocktail with you know maybe more of an orange flavor or lemon or Coriander. There's just so many ways to play around with that gin that it can actually pair well with many classic drinks. So I decided to use Forge Gin. So you got about an ounce and a quarter of Forge Gin, three quarter of an ounce of uh, rhubarb Sauvignon Blanc cordial. You have a half ounce of lime juice, a quarter ounce of this Italicus bergamot liqueur, which is a an Italian aperitivo, which has got really nice citrusy notes, which is why I wanted to use it to bring out more of that lime factor for a gin ricky. But it also has a lot of cool like florality, which uh, which has some rose petals, some lavender, kind of like give it more complexity. And of course, some more un- orange bitters to kind of like really dig in that citrus factor. And then the Topo Chico, uh, for me, it's just one of my go-to soda waters. I mean, it's, it's, it just holds up in a cocktail, like the carbonation really 
really, if you don't have that effervescence, it really doesn't pop for me. So you, it kind of like carries a lot of those aromas to your nose as you're sipping the drink. So as these little bubbles pop, you get all, the, all those flavors in your nose. So, and then basically once you have all your ingredients, you kind of build over ice, you get your colorless glass, you pour your, I like starting off with the spirit, kind of start the dilution factor and I almost kind of build it in the way a Japanese highball would be. So you kind of go uh, spirit first, then you do your syrups, your, your juices, and then you kind of add your soda water and kind of fold it in to kind of incorporate all the flavors. And then a little bit more ice, and then you can garnish with a rhubarb ribbon, which you kind of, you can use a regular citrus peeler. And you just kind of go long ways until you get a nice little ribbon. If you're doing this in bulk for like, service i would definitely get a big uh, bucket of crushed ice water and then let them sit and they kind of start curling on their own so which makes a really cool garnish on top amazing that's awesome you know it's, it's interesting i i've been catched during the season of beyond the drink i've caught some really neat i guess techniques for creating cocktails and you know you think of shaken stirred and but there's more obviously beyond that there's like the throne you know right, old school right. way and whatnot and there's there's some people we had that do like a hard shake or you know or things like that but this one's interesting because you build it right in the glass which you i don't want to say you don't see often but is there a reason why you decided to build this one in the glass versus you know a sh uh, like a hard shake per se well I guess more for since I'm already adding soda water to it I feel like diluting it more would kind of take away from that pop of flavor. So even like a, like a Tom Collins for me, I built and I see some people shake and it's it's a personal preference. But I've I've done the side by side before, just more for experimental reasons, just to see what tastes better, honestly. And building, oh, for me, pops more in flavor. You get more effervescence. I don't know. It, it just for me, it's just kind of like my my preferred way. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I, I got to call out because you've you've kind of alluded to two cocktails and we've had uh, past guests on the season one we had Megan Dorman from New York City who you mentioned Tom Collins she did a play on Tom Collins she called it a Pearl Collins which was pretty cool she did a jasmine syrup she used in there and then we also had Masa Urushido from New York City who he was talking about the the uh he did a uh, martini, but he had mentioned a highball quite a few times throughout his um, his episode. So I love when you know there's a lot of crossover with these drinks or techniques and things like that. It's super cool to see. That's awesome, man. It sounds really good. I'm super. I'm so that that I'm back to the bergamot liqueur. Is that going to be like a thicker, sweeter, syrupy type type deal? I don't know if I I've mean, it had is, it. it. It is on a sweet side because it's a liqueur, but. For me, I like I I use that one, of course, because of its citrus component, but also that it it's not so aggressive in the bittering part. I mean, there is some bitterness to it, but it's not like a Campari or, a, or an Aperol, which are still kind of orange kind of flavor profile to it, but with more uh, bitterness. So this one, I wanted to stay a little bit more floral, sweet and tart, and refreshing. That's cool, and it's only a quarter ounce, so it's not like right. It's, yeah. That's cool. I love how you build this cocktail. Like you, you've, you've a lot of like overlapping and complementary flavors. You mentioned the citrus a lot here. 
you know, with, with the lime, with the orange bitters and whatnot. That's cool to see. Awesome, man. That sounds great. Um, nice work on that. Let's cross over quick here into social impact and giving back. As I say on all of these episodes for our companion podcast, Beyond the Plate, you know, chefs and restaurateurs, they all give back um, in different ways. They're extremely giving in general. Some of them have a certain cause that's close to their heart. Some of them have an establishment that works with an organization. You know, they support some with money, some with time, some with their voice. And those are three great ways to to support a cause. But we want to give you a moment to shed some light on a charitable organization or, or cause that you'd like to raise awareness for. Is there a is there an organization that... Well, there's one that we actually currently started working with, which is called Project Leftover. And it's a really cool program that they created where they're connecting the mom-pop, more smaller businesses to more local organizations where they're involved in like feeding the homeless. And there's no link. There hasn't been a link between mom-pop and to, you know, these locals. Uh, establishments besides those bigger scales where it's just more of a across the nation helping so anyways this is called project leftover and it basically there's any dishes or food that we that uh, the kitchen doesn't use for whatever reason and it's still good and has a uh, shelf life that we can donate it they will we'll call them they'll come pick it up and they could literally create meals for the homeless with you know as they connect with other restaurants that are donating and they really they'll, they'll create a meal. It's pretty amazing. That's awesome. It's a Miami organization. It's a, it's in a few spots now. I think I can't, I don't want to say exactly where, cause I'm not sure, but Miami is one of their newest projects. And then we're also doing a cocktail on our menu where they'll donate a dollar for every cocktail sold. And that will also go to supporting the same cause. That's awesome. And I love how you mentioned, you know, the local aspect, which is very important because there's plenty of great national organizations that do great work, but sometimes it's really neat to partner, find an organization within your community that does great work because you kind of just see it work in your community and on a different level. So, right. And if you think of loss in general, like there, there's just so much food waste, like across the board. And a lot of places would like to help, but never really thought of how can I get involved. And this 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 project is really cool because they they've been really door to door, kind of like hitting up restaurants, just trying to find people that are willing to participate. And the second day they, they've asked us about uh, participating it was uh, it was a no brainer. It was it was a yes, we'd love to join. And it's cool so far. It's been great. That's awesome. So curious. I know you've put in time tending bar at PF Chang's, yeah. which I love to see because we talk with so many chefs on Beyond the Plate who got their start in, you know, a chain restaurant or a fast food restaurant, and I'm always so curious what they learned there. So I guess for you, you spent nine and a half years at PF Chang's. Did you learn anything there that you still use to this day? Honestly, it's yes, I did. And it's probably the most important thing I use is the fact that I pay attention to everything. Like the GM at that time was was almost like a detective. Like he can see things before they happen, almost like a spider sense. And it really instilled in me to, to pay attention not only to the bar top, to the people walking in through the door, to the people looking for where the bathroom is. Like being aware of everything plus plus and you know it's going above and beyond and, and understanding the functionality of your restaurant and how to multitask like multitasking is basically what a bartender is is great at i mean it's what we do we're talking to guests we're stirring the drink while we're talking 
we're taking orders, we're, we're pointing at people in the back, standing behind like two deep, saying, hey, I'll be right with you in the middle of taking an order and make sure everyone knows that they've been, they've been seen and giving them that importance of, of, I'll be right with you, you know, it's very important. So that's just one thing that, that really instilled in me is having that, that spider sense of, of anticipating someone's needs. I think it's something that I was taught from my many years at PF Shanks. Awesome. Let's do a uh, quick little speed round here and close it out. Okay. Name the cocktail that inspired you to get behind the bar. Honestly, I think it it has to be the the martini, mostly because how simple it is and how anal someone can be. You know, it's, they're so specific. And I was, when I was young, I was just so clueless as to why. Like, it, it baffled me. Like, is there like a secret society where people are talking in code or something? But it really intrigued me to know that something so simple could be so, could be made wrong for someone else, you know. So everyone has these certain preferences and I, uh, I don't know, it intrigued me. Yeah, good point, good points. Last cocktail you made at home. It was the uh, Mezcal, actually, uh, Illegal Mezcal and LaCroix, tangerine flavored, if I'm saying that right, LaCroix, LaCroix. Yeah, 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 that sounds good. What pisses you off behind the bar? I think it has to be people, oh, well, behind the bar, it'd probably be people, coworkers that are not doing anything. You know, behind the bar, there's a million things to do at all times. and. I guess it's just the way I've been brought up in my PF Chang days where I, my GM, for instance, would tell me, wipe the bar top. And I would tell him I already did. And he said, do it again. Well, like, okay, makes sense. There's always something to do and make, making sure you're, you're looking busy is one thing I also learned, you know, just to keep the eyes off of you, stay busy. If there's time for leaning, there's time for cleaning. Absolutely. <laughs> That's 100%. What makes you happy behind the bar? Honestly, my coworkers and, and, and friendly faces, my regulars. Like it really makes the job that much more fun and, and enjoyable to hang out with your work fam. You know, it's 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 fun. Like I really enjoy the people I work with and and uh, everyone that comes to visit. Last question: One cocktail every home bartender should have in their repertoire. Uh, well, I want to say a gin ricky. That's a good one. Gin ricky. Make sure you have limes and soda. You add sugar to yours or no? Normally, no, no, just lime soda. But in this case, for the the ravishing Rick Rube, you know, to add a flavoring component, I needed to add some sort of sugar. But no, normally just soda and lime gin. Joe, thanks, man. It was really a pleasure to speak with you. Same here, man. Yeah, this drink sounds fantastic and loved hearing about the work you all are doing to give back to the community. Loved hearing about, you know, the lessons you know, learned and taken with you, you know, as a hospitality guy myself. I love hearing that stuff. So thank you. you. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Andrew. To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. This episode was produced by myself, along with Ian Cohen, Joe Yetten, and Sean Petrosian. Find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at On Cappy's Plate or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. Beyond the Plate is on all the socials at BT Plate Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Drink, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Cappy.